Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. Hey, there she is. She figured it out. I figured it out. I did the technology thing. He pressed a button he didn't know was there. I actually had to go into a menu. There was we no button. Doing, how long have we been doing this, man? Like almost three years, two and a half years. I don't know. know since November of 2020. And you don't know where the buttons are? Hey, I found it, didn't I? Where's a little spicy today? Yeah, a little Hi, spicy. <laughs> when aren't we spicy? Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast <laughs> with Joel and Steve. Hi. My name is Joel. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast. Welcome to it. Welcome. So Steve, Joel was just I, I Joel was just lamenting that he was tired, and I asked him if this was podcast worthy, and he said, "Sure, sure." It's all, <laughs> so, at this point, it's all podcast worthy, right? I guess. Yeah, I'm tired, man. <laughs> I'm tired. It's been a, it's been a week where we opened a show at my place of work. Uh-huh. The hours were a little wonky, and there were extra hours. And then my dog's been getting up in the middle of the night wanting to go outside and pee and then sniff around and chase ghosts. Dogs are good for that. Yeah, we had a lot of ghost problems in our backyard. Oh, yeah, is that right? Yeah. Specters? Specters, ghouls, Uh ghosts, that sort of thing. Well, it is that season. It it is the season. It is October 1st. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm tired, man. I'm just like, what? Well, this should make for a great podcast. Yeah, man. Well, we always, you know, we can always spin something. We can always twist it into something good. Yeah, I think I have a, a person that I, that I have thought would be a good guest that has actually reached out to me to say, hey, I like your podcast. You know, I'd be happy to come on. So we may have a, a an interesting guest here in the not too distant future. That'd be good. Yeah, I know. I'm always kind of perked up. You know, I know. I love you, Steve. But... I understand. I feel the same way. Like you know, when you have when you have guests over, you got to kind of put on the show, you know. Well, you gotta you gotta clean up the living room. You gotta clean up the living room. <laughs> the only sometimes it's the only thing that gets me to clean anything around here. This is what I'm saying. Clean. Yeah. So I and think- then I got a show, and then I'm open. And then I'm start rehearsals for a show this week, dude. And it's like I've got, you know, I've got a lot of foreboding joy about that. Planning my planning my grief, which is not good. Planning your grief. Well, I just, you know, it's one of those weird things. And I've probably talked about it here. It's like, I get to do the things that I wanted to do in my life. And now that they're here, I don't want to do them sometimes. Oh, I understand. I get that. (laughs) And so I am trying to like, do what I said last time. Like, I'm going to choose this. I'm going to walk. Yes. Walk into it. Yeah. Lean into it. Lean into this thing. Lean into the, the blessings of your life. That's where I'm at. Uh-huh. Well, good. That is where I'm at, man. I'm mm-hmm. really trying to lean lean on the blessings of my life. Lean into. Well, the, the reality of the situation is all things considered, I'd rather just go do something fun. <laughs> all the time. With no responsibility whatsoever. Zero. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go hop so on. Even, even if it is like an amazing blessing that you worked really hard to get for, sometimes it does feel like an obligation. Yeah, fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we. But if you get, but if you like the people you do it with, and what you're doing ends up being fun, like once you get there, then. And that's the problem. What's the problem? (laughs) No, I mean that's the problem. (laughs) What's the problem? Is that you actually do like it? So that's a problem. No, I do like the people I work with. I love my students. I think Uh this 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 script is going to be uniquely interesting and and um, uh, a challenge for all of us. Uh, You know, it's a it's a story about. Um, in a nutshell, about um, essentially kind of religious trauma and like estranged father-son relationship, and mm-hmm. not—I mean, it's way out. I can't relate to any of that. Um, no, uh-uh. but yeah. So like, it's it's one of those where I th- I really feel connected to the material, and I know that once I get into it, it'll be great. It's just the late nights and the the practicality of it. I don't. The logistics right. of it, I don't love. Well, I'm looking forward to in like a month or so. When's this show go live? November or something? Yeah, so it'll be November like 16th, 17th, 18th, somewhere in there, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Uh, what I'm looking forward to is in like three weeks, us potting and you being a mess because it's the play is going to split open a bunch of shit that you haven't looked at. <laughs> uh, there, okay, so yeah, that will happen in three weeks. What will happen in four weeks, and you can set your watch to this, dude, and I really do, can't, I can't wait to like come back to this, but in about four weeks, four and a half weeks, you're going to hear me say things like, this is trash, why do I do this? Right, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? Why do they pay me money to do this? I'm horrible, this is all bad. And then, <laughs> and then like immediately after, that was beautiful, it was awesome, Pro- mm-hmm. I learned all these things. I mean, I, I literally can set my watch to that whole thing. You're gonna walk through the valley of the shadow of death and yes and I, <laughs> yeah but yet i don't take i don't take the the shepherd with me right like That's I, right. I go to the valley by the myself i don't need you alone. i don't need anybody yeah. every time every time that's what i needed to hear like oh what sort of spiritual tools do i take with me into this thing that i am afraid of because I try to put the world on my back and do it myself. And my track record shows that I fuck it up or at least internally fuck it up. Right. Yeah. I know from the, from an external perspective, your shows are great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know, I know the chaos that leads into them and I have some experience in that arena, not as much as you, but are on that scale, but like, I know the chaos that it takes to pull off a production, whether it's artistical or technical or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it all it only matters when the when the curtain goes down and the lights come up was did it work? And you really do like I, I really do really some point want to do um, like for a some sort of scientist if you're out there if mm. there's any scientists listening I put one of those like Doc Brown uh, sensors all over my brain you know what I mean like like one of those things you know. <laughs> that reads your brain activity uh-huh. and put that on my head during the last like three or four rehearsals. And just simply, if there was a way to track the amount of decisions that a director makes in those mm. few ways, I bet it would be astronomical, uh, conscious decisions, right? Um, I'm letting my dog in. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's amazing how and then, and then like i get home and it's like my maybe that's kind of what i'm 
you know, worried about is like, I, 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 it's so much mental energy, the amount of energy it takes to like have a creative process like that. And maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone in that. Maybe folks that like really signed up to be directors in their life don't feel that way. I, I, I don't know that that's always true, but like, I'm an actor that's kind of forced to direct. Right. So it, it's, it's something that is a little outside of my wheelhouse, except that my resume shows that I directed up shitload of shows. So I don't know. Yeah, I think you're a director. Yeah. I think Maybe that, not in your like DNA, but yeah. your experience is that you're a director. Yeah. Yep. My resume. So show, there. My resume shows that, yeah, I'm a director. You're a director. Mm -hmm. I put the hours in to be able to call me, myself that. Maybe I should just, just start thinking like that. Like, you're. Wait, hold on. You don't consider yourself a director? I don't know. I don't know that I really, I think that I consider myself a, an acting teacher, a professor who is, who is charged with directing, but I've never, I mean, I don't know that I fully embrace that title, which is wild. Why not? I, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I, this is, we're having I've seen just a real for, time. Just for the record. I've seen you direct way more than I've seen you act. I'm just That's saying. True. That is true. Uh -huh. I direct a lot more than I act. Uh -huh. I'm a director. You're a director. Well, this has been the Trying to Be Better podcast. Thanks uh, for listening, everybody. Uh, email at ttbpodcast at gmail.com. And follow along on Instagram at trying to be better podcast. Speaking of Instagram, I mean, that's, that's the thing that I need that is kind of tripping me up is that I had some recent, um, you know, 2020 memories from a project, a weird project that I probably talked oh, about. Oh yeah. I saw the, the, the uh, what the hell is it called? Yes. Say that yeah, again. Cause it broke up a little bit. Disconnection. Disconnection. Yeah. That was great. There's, there's still the Instagram is still up disconnection underscore DT for dome theater. Uh -huh. um, on Instagram and, and I documented rehearsals and I recorded it and it was this weird movement piece that we all did outside with masks on in the fall of of 2020 after the you know after the, the, the yeah. pandemic swept through and hit everything and we were just like not knowing what we were doing and I, I, I was thinking about how I brought it up to a couple of students because they were freshmen and now they're seniors oh uh -huh. and they were like oh that was such a traumatic weird time and you know I obviously saw it a little differently, but it was wildly creative for me because I had that sense of who gives a fuck. Mm -hmm, right. But like we're doing this and nobody's going to give a fuck so we can kind of do whatever we want. Right. And they were all like, what do we do? How do we do this? This is weird. I don't know. You know, and it was this great. Isn't that kind of the point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it was kind of, and I watched a little bit of it again which you can find it. If you go to the Instagram discon at disconnection underscore DT, there is the YouTube link. Um, which everybody should do because it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. You know, mm -hmm. it's wild. It was fun. It was interesting. We made things out of nothing. In yeah, the during a time yeah. when there was not a lot of certainty about anything. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do remember, and this is re me reclaiming some creative energy from that time. Like I did feel very directorial. I felt very uh, theater artist, quote unquote, at that time. Cause it was kind of like, 
uh, I was just grasping at anything creative at the time because I, and also the, the, the pressure was off to like, right. you know what I mean? Like to make a big thing. And so it was, kind but you kind of had to make a thing cause you were teaching a class, right? We, we had to make a thing and we made that thing, but it was kind of like, really, I just let myself and the students kind of create it out of nothing. And there was no, like, there was not going to be a live audience. We could kind of capture what we wanted. I was kind of at the point where it was like, if this doesn't even happen, then it was worth the time invested. Like sure. all of those things that I would tell an artist to do, but like now that we're back to normal and we're making shows where people come and you have to sell a ticket, it's like, it's that pressure's back in a weird way. And mm -hmm. that, that's maybe what I'm fucking against. Well, that's not to make it about the Grateful Dead, but that's kind of, that was the freedom of the acid tests is the people right. weren't there to see them. Right. They could play or not play or whatever. So it's kind of the same thing, even though there were people there. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, yeah. being able to make art with none of the commercial constraints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they didn't need to like, we need to write a hit. Or we, we need, need to fit people's expectations of what a concert is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I could sprinkle a little a little acid test into every process and so oh I, that's what i do <laughs> even the how, most mundane like, ones tell me how does that how does that show up for you in other spaces um well like so many things like just for example at my work it's not impossible to know everything it's literally i mean as we've been having this conversation things have changed again that i'm missing you know right and and um so a large part of my life is spent in this space of, I have no idea what that is, mm -hmm. but I'm find myself responsible for it. So here we go. Let's see what we can make. You know, can yeah. we make the thing? Can we make the, the ones and zeros move like they're supposed to, you know, mm -hmm. and you just kind of, uh, I, I just assume this position of here we go. <laughs> yeah. Can you pass the test? Can you pass the acid test? Which is here. Here's this bizarre, seemingly impossible situation, um, but it needs to get resolved. We don't know what that looks like exactly, but it need, you need to do it. <laughs> you need to do it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and if the, I, that's been, the, I, I've been trained at, oh, uh, both as an actor and as a director uh, formally, but also the informal training is there's a deadline. Right. right. Shows going on. The mm -hmm. show is happening. Yeah. These are the dates. People mm -hmm. are going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And and we could, you know, deconstruct the script and just like roll around in pudding or something. Like I could make those choices. Right. But it's like I would see that show. Right. Like it's got to happen though. It's going right. to happen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to consciously work towards the product. Mm hmm. And how you get there is is ultimately, at least in my neck of the woods, ultimately funneled through the director and every choice they make. Yes, well, see, like I'm, I'm, I'm literally a director. It's in my job title, you know. You're a director too. I'm a director. Yes, and it, it, it never, it always kind of, I don't know if it, it's. I just find it interesting that, like, your pursuit is almost entirely artistic. When there's mm -hmm. kind of a business element to it, you're a professor at a private college. I mean, right you got to get kids in the door, but right. also, but like my, 
job is almost entirely technical with a personal aspect to it because i have to deal with people that use the stuff that i build yeah yeah, yeah. and uh but like a lot of the elements are the same like when you're trying to mount a production sometimes it can look like a christopher guest movie you just like you just you know i'll never forget the day you were like I'm like what are you doing is you're like i'm driving to lincoln to find a prop something and it was just ridiculous whatever it was yeah and you weren't very happy about it no you were like, I can't fucking believe that I'm spending three hours of my day finding this fucking thing, right? Yep. And and like that kind of stuff just happens, you know, you just from left field. Where in my world, it's more like, oh, Google pushed out a Chrome update that literally broke one of our core processes. Cool. <laughs> Let's figure that out. Just but totally broadsided. The ship just got hit by an asteroid. You know, we have no control over that. There's We have no control. They just do it. And people start calling and say, hey, are things being weird? So we get to go figure out what the thing is and why it's being weird. And it turns out it's because either Google or Microsoft broke it. <laughs> and that's where I think that the artist or the, the creative person, or uh, dare I say, the, um, the, the opportunity to taste the psychedelic realm allows you to see the, the Google Chrome update or I have to go like literally there is an ongoing joke with the business office where i work because one time i had to buy a vibrator and they had to see the receipt for that and they had to question me on why i bought said right. vibrator for right show. you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> the ability to kind of have that psychedelic understanding what's the gotta, it's the so, cosmic joke yeah you gotta laugh you gotta be like yeah right. i have to go I have to go buy a vibrator and it's got to be this purple one and it's got to do these things for this show. And yeah, I put that on the corporate card <laughs> of a university. Yeah. I think your job's more fun than mine. <laughs> hey, I didn't get to use it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, I mean, to be able to step back and say, what's really going on here? You know, do I, am I making this thing and this, is applicable i think for what anybody's doing out there am i making this thing for the sole purpose of pleasing someone else and their standards or am i doing it because i see the value and the 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 thing it provides to the world i see how it can how me delivering mail connects the world do i see how my con contributions to some you know 20 year olds theater training will help them when they're 55 I, I you you've got to kind of tap into that otherwise it will seem completely ridiculous that's a big thing at my job actually is learning seeing the why yeah in the place i work like how how does your role your the tasks of your job in some cases and the yeah you know, i mean like how, how does that tie into the bigger mission of the organization yeah. and how that helps you know how it's a, a an important part of the process the machine whatever you know the inner the interconnectedness yeah i mean you can you I mean it's like you can choose to look at oh, i'm just a cog in the machine mm -hmm. or you can look at it as you're a very important cog in the machine without your cog the machine fails right those are two different any of you care about the machine or you don't <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's not the best analogy, but you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that analogy just like strikes a chord, like you know, the Pink Floyd "Welcome to the Machine." Right. Welcome. I was going to say the same thing, <laughs> but I, I come think, on in, dear boy. 
right for for the for the buddhist perspective you can have this understanding that we are all one right that mm -hmm. we're that my clinging to myself whether it's self-aggrandizement or it's self-pity my clinging to that self that false sense of self is actually detrimental to my to me and to the collective when i see that like I am that person, you know, I am my students, they are me, we're all working towards this thing, we're not separate from one another, then I, I lose that weird fear and preciousness about what I'm doing. And I realize that like, I can be of, it's like right livelihood, like one of the eightfold mm. path, like right livelihood, I, I want to, I want, it's also like, you know, right livelihood is not just I have to choose a path or a career that is good for the world. It's that can I make mine good for the world? Can I see its benefits? Can I mm -hmm. see how it benefits me and others? You know, can I put forth that attitude with what I do? It's hard because what I want to do, what I cling to is that I want to just hang out on the couch with my dog and my wife. That's all I want to do. <laughs> all I want to fucking do right now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I mm -hmm. play Zelda while my dog naps. And that's there's really nothing better is there i want that's all i want to fucking i do. got sunny's laying at my feet essentially snoring it's cute as hell yeah dude i just mm -hmm. want to play zelda while kirsten watches some show about witches and vampires and my dog takes a nap and has little puppy dreams and barks yeah that's all i want yeah but you can have that no, i gotta, I gotta go make art god damn it it's the worst <laughs> Speaking of Worse. speaking of making art, there's a there's a you know this kind of makes me think about um, some not colleagues but peers of mine who are on the chopping block at the University of Nebraska, Kearney. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, well, yeah, they they just like had this huge sweeping proposal to to they have this three million dollar deficit and they've got to figure it out. So their choice was to cut a whole shitload of music programs, cut the entire theater department out and cut some other, like, you know, that's their decision. That's their, that's their solution. Right. Well, it's the expendables. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and from a business perspective, like you said, I mean, making theater at a college or university is not cheap. Right. It's expensive to make. And like the return, the amount of students, it's just it's just dark to think about that in the higher education where it's like, well, you know, we don't have enough customers, you know, right. it's like, well, we're past. See, we the, the age of enlightenment or whatever, where art is valued and as important as the sign of a healthy and progressive and healthy society. We've 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 moved. We've regressed. Yeah, we're like, we don't want you to think freely no free thinking we don't want do to not think it. outside of the box just right. perform your task and shut up we don't want to be in a place where where uh we're simply investing in the humanities the arts and humanities because that benefits society right we have to see a we have to see a dollar sign otherwise it's there's no value to it sometimes values are not equated in dollars they're equated in ideas. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. ideas mm-hmm. and ideas that can't happen <laughs> no and 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 you know there's there's no there's no people contributing to cool things in the world that got to that point through the arts or creativity no, uh-uh, no. it's only been business so we should really just strictly business strictly business yep. and science and numbers that's the only way anybody's ever came up with anything new right not by the arts not by not the group. arts no. but creativity no huh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's that's disappointing i had you know i'm a little i um you know the spending so that's it's so funny that announcement came out the same day that the university the same university uh structure announced the 450 million dollar football stadium extravaganza you know i had somebody say because uh, i commented on facebook and so i said well it's not taxpayer money it's like so what do i care like that i mean at a very base level like i get that mm-hmm. but to me it's indicative of a larger problem yeah i i've also i'm following i've actually follow uh the students at at unk have made a little protest and i hope that they raise enough noise to you know because that's it's what happened similarly at my place of employment that saved the master's in counseling degree that that was about to be cut because oh that's students, right yeah i forgot about that you know mm-hmm raised a stink and and rightly so um but i'm following a lot of that stuff and people are like well that's apples to oranges with the with the memorial stadium because you know that's not subsidized by the university that's you know that's all like private money blah 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 like you know th- those are two different things i'm like okay it's not though because the university is allowing you know contributions donations to go to this mecca of athletics Mm -hmm. why aren't they doing why aren't they allowing and pushing for the same they just leave the arts organizations to fend for themselves and the only thing that they look at is how many students are paying to be there and if it's not enough then they've got to cut jobs it's like i actually know because of my recruiting life the, the public schools at least in texas which is a surprising you know the football in texas is next to religion yeah you, you've talked about this before where they have to match dollar for dollar arts I think and football that's true i could be wrong about that exact quote but what i think is that yeah that what every dollar they spend on athletics they have to spend on the arts and that's why the theater kids that from the you know texas recruiting events are astronomically they have two huge ones every year because there's so much they have I, to like i don't say this very often but good on texas right <laughs> yeah and i'm like but that's an interesting model for mm-hmm. for for the government. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, the National Endowment for the Arts is, has been painted as this dark hole of, uh, you know, ear, earmarked money. But it's like, you've been to other countries that actually invest in their arts as well as investing in their businesses and that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one of the most profound and emotional experiences is going to when I was in London and going to the national theater a government supported and subsidized subsidized theater it's a beautiful brutalist building some of the most interesting and amazing work being produced there and the and the ta- the tax dollars and, and government invests in having that because they see its value in the community well i mean 
again, I'm not an art scholar or historian, but my impression is that in order for art to be made, the society in which it's created has to have evolved to a certain point Yeah, where people, all their basic needs are met, mm-hmm. they're able to be educated at a very base level. And so they're able to move on into doing things like be creative. They have that freedom. And that is being eroded right now intentionally by people. Yeah, if, you, if you're constantly worrying about, if I slip and fall on the ice, I will never financially recover from it. Or right, yeah. Because I chose to go to college, I'm going to be buried under debt. Or yeah. I'm not making any more money, but my rent goes up every year. Right. Like, then, yeah, there's no time to make. There's no... I mean, the art that's going to come out of that is going to sound an awful lot like punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> Which has its place. And the MC5. And, right. you know. Kick out the jams, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that, yeah. So, that's, so that's like, for me, it's like, yeah, I don't give a shit if the money's, I mean, obviously, if it was taxpayer funded, I'd be a lot more upset. <laughs> right. Um. I mean, I, I don't really care on that level, but to me, it just it just makes me kind of sad that that's where our priorities are as a state. Yeah, the messaging of that, even though like if you maybe get down to the fine hairs of everything, it's it is uh, it is kind of not comparable. But yeah, it's it's really but like that with all of the issues that we're facing, mm-hmm. I feel like four hundred fifty million dollars could be put to better use elsewhere. I th- yeah. That's just my opinion. If that's your thing and you think Nebraska football needs to be upgraded or maintained, I mean, I think maybe it wouldn't hurt to win a couple of football games um, or to field a winning team for a few years before we go investing half a billion dollars in a fucking stadium. But, you know, that's just me. I love, too, that, like, didn't the AD sort of couch it and it needed to be have ADA upgrades? I mean, which I'm not here to say it doesn't because, right. I, I, I mean, I've, I am a, I am an able-bodied human being memorial stadium is not super ada accessible not at all and so yes those upgrades need to be made but half a billion dollars worth whatever i mean i i just saw that and i I just thought well that makes sense well having had a, a look behind the curtain pun intended of what it takes to actually just build a very modest new performing arts building at a let's just unnamed uh, college sure. campus. Right. Um, it pales in comparison to 40, $450 million. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most some things do. Schools, yeah. Some of the schools are just like, have been working 10 years to just get to 12. Million, right. 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 Even when they have seed money of five. So. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, if, if you're, if the highest paid person, at your educational institution as a coach, what you are as a sporting franchise with a side hustle and tertiary education. The highest paid government employee, if you want to look at it like that. Right? Sure. Because, is that true? Is that how that works? The head coach of Nebraska is essentially working for a state organization. I suppose that's right? true. Yeah, I mean, is that true? I, I don't know how that works. I mean, it's not private. And it's yeah, definitely you know, monitored and, and, and legislated by the state. 
that's cool. That's great. Government employee is the, you know, Matt rule. That's awesome. Isn't that great? That's great. Isn't that great? That's great. <laughs> and yet, and, it, and just like politics, baby, is that <laughs> that that fucking position disappoints us every week. <laughs> and we think, hey, Joel, Joel, we're in a rebuilding year. And we think <laughs> that if we replace it every once in a while with the same person, the same demographic, the same thing, it's going to be different. Yeah. I'm fine. I've done no spiritual work this morning. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, <laughs> that's not entirely true. I did I did a little bit earlier. I am going to um, show, well, speaking of Huskers making Joel disappointed, right next to me, I have a photo of me as a three-year-old boy with a bunch of Huskers at the time, and I'm sitting in the middle of them crying. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, I will post this on our Instagram. <laughs> that's I, amazing. Yeah, that, they, came, they came to Columbus, Nebraska when I was a little, my parents took me, and there's like legends of Husker football in there, and I am in the middle of these, all these really happy- Is that like Jarvis Redwine in that era? Yeah, it's like, uh, I think, Johnny Rogers is it? Tom Rath? I don't know. I don't know who these people are. I should know. Well, One of them is holding my dog Sophie, and I am in the middle on a park bench, crying my eyes out. Because That's so apropos. It's the perfect photo. <laughs> uh huh. I love it. <laughs> How has that not surfaced until now? I've, I've posted it. I need to post it again. I, it's been a while. I, I need to post it again after every Husker loss. Like the Nebraska Cornhuskers making Joel cry since 1983. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So on but, a slightly different subject. Yeah, let's go. I want to. Our, our friend, mutual friend and past guest, Dave Gracie, sent us this poem this morning. This was my, this was actually when I said, I've done a little spiritual exercise. This was it. I was just reading this and thinking about it. For so I'm going to read it. I mean, you're the voiceover actor. Do you want to read it? I mean, no. I'll read it. You read it. Okay. Hold on. I'll do my exercises. Topeka, Topeka, Topeka. Topeka, Topeka, Topeka. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is The Peace of Wild Things by Wendell Berry. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound, in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought or grief. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting for their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. How perfect is that? It's, I, uh, yeah, that line. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. And that is, that is the fucking. Oh, it is of grief. I said, or grief. But I yeah. Either one works. Yeah, but, sure. Mm-hmm. Or thought of grief. I guess. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna tax, I'm gonna tax my peace by overthinking about grief. I'm 
potentially going to Which happen. is literally how we started this podcast. Sure is. <laughs> Nailed me right to a fucking wall, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> well, what I was really thinking about was um, there's another, you know, spiritual teacher, a uh, healer person that, uh, you know, has the line, uh, be a goldfish. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Right up there with, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh and this Wendell Berry character. For sure. I totally agree. Ted Lasso is the sage of our time, for sure. Sage of our times. Yeah. We're trolling Dave right now. 100%. (laughs) He hates Ted Lasso. Which is really funny, because never mind. Yes. For somebody that's never seen Ted Lasso, he, he sure has a sure has an opinion i i don't know what that's like though i mean i've never had an opinion i've never had any experience with so. right i understand me either never prejudged anything or or refuse or obstinately refuse to do something that everybody says is great just because they say it's great i i did have i mean and and this has gone gone all this is something that a practice kirsten and i have have implemented for a few years now and it really ramped up during the pandemic when our panic and anxiety were at an all-time high is to go give it to the trees right just Mm. go go be in nature where you are irrelevant and relevant at the same time Mm. you know like Mm -hmm. and that's what i hear from that poem thanks for bringing that up because that's what i hear is like put yourself in a position of oneness with other things where you matter but you don't you're not all that matters right it, it is indifferent to you but you mm-hmm. are a part of it that's starting to sound a lot like equanimity yeah yeah mm-hmm. that you affect it but you're not um the czar of it you know like, no i can't i can't control the turning leaves but i can be a part and, and learn the lesson of the turning leaves you know Summer will come again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The wheel is turning. Can't slow down. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, did did we do it? We did it. We did it? I think so. I think we did it. Yeah. I think I'm going to spend some time in nature today. It's as hot as it is, as much as I want it to be 65 and fallish. Mm-hmm. It's 100, it's 90 degrees. You, you going to go for a ride? Maybe later? Maybe mm-hmm. later tonight, but maybe I'll, you know, get outside, walk the dog, go to wilderness. We mm-hmm. took, I took Maven to wilderness park the other day for the first time. And she was like a pig and shit. So we, she really likes it out there. And that's, that's, that's a sanctuary for me. Sanctuary. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for the time, dude. Of course. Thank you. It's good to see you. It's been a little while. I feel like so. Yeah, man. Cool. All right. Well, see you sometime. Yeah, to your hooter. See you sometime. See you around. All right. Later. Later.
Main Street. Chicago, New York, and Detroit, it's all the same street. The typical city involving the typical daydream. Hang it up and see what tomorrow brings. Dallas, got the song of
Don't forget, toot your hooter.